Moving Iron Podcast Tax Moves with Glenn Birnbaum. Glenn just got back off of a sunny vacation down to Bahamas. So that's that that golden glow you see there is the uh, is yeah. the beach coming off of him there. So, Glenn, how you been, buddy? Hey, good. Yeah, good. we're um, just starting to really get into our tax planning season today. So, the, you know, right after as we get into November here, that's when we start doing a lot of tax planning for clients. So it's gonna be gonna be a pretty busy time. Yep. So this is a this year is a bit, a bit of a unique year compared to other years. A lot of tax changes have taken place. We've talked yep. about several of them here on on the on the show. Uh, one of which that I have a uh, a, a lot of concern about is how the uh, the ten thirty one like kind exchange trade in stuff has kind of taken place and how that's going to affect um, guys who have traded in equipment um, and maybe not bought something or sold something at an auction or lease something or all those things so you guys have to be pretty busy right now watching out for that kind of stuff and also you know deferred crop payments and stuff like that so there's got to be a lot of stuff going on in your office right now there's quite a bit and i i'm pretty sure we've spent a couple podcasts talking about that you know that fact that you can no longer do a 1031 exchange on you know farm equipment and that so you know viewers and readers can can look back on that but you know it, it does basically the bottom line is treated as if you sold that equipment at, at the trade-in value yeah, and it may not be a problem if you can depreciate it, um, you know, fully depreciate the, the the offset. But in certain states, it can be a problem. And then, uh, so we talked about some other things. So uh, yeah, definitely go back to those podcasts for a refresher on that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just real quickly, just what's going on? The October sixteenth, there was a public hearing talking about these new one nine nine A regulations. Um, a lot of a lot of testimony from bankers. There's a couple of people that were testifying on behalf of the Grain Feed Association that eventually, like grain elevators, may not be eligible for this deduction due to kind of a technicality that they're considered to be dealing in commodities. So there's there's still some um, discussion about that. There's the, there's talk. So that these are proposed rules that were released. There was a hearing on the 16th of October, and we're really hearing that they're going to try to issue final rules. Um, by the end of the year so that you know probably it could be too late tax planning but they're, they're going to try to do that the other thing that's coming up is we have also talked about the new interest limitation rules in, in a past podcast the regulations the treasury the department of treasury is going to be issuing some proposed regulations probably the next week or so on those so um, that one, if you might remember typically you've got to have more revenues in excess of 25 million dollars so um, you know, it's got to be a pretty size, pretty good size operation, but there is a possibility that uh, smaller operators might have to deal with that. Again, we talked about that on the podcast, so um, we got to refer back to these podcasts to so get get more viewership here. So. Yeah, I need a, need a, we need to figure out how to catalog those things so we can. Yeah, get yeah. Back to so, so that's kind of just what's been happening, you know, lately. Um, what I want to talk today about was more about tax planning, and again, this this is really the prime time to be doing doing planning if you haven't already talked before. 
so you know you got to get your books up to up to snuff right you know get your bank recs done so that you know you know where you're at taxable income wise right and then once you get comfort that okay this is where i'm at then you know what things am i going to do right what levers am i going to pull you know between now and the end of the year so um one of the big things I wanted to talk about was deferred payment contracts. And you, you alluded to it a little bit, Casey, is, you know, there's a lot of times where you know, a farmer has sold the grain in the fall, right? You know, they could have sold it early in the year, but title actually transfers, you know, when the grain is delivered to the elevator, let's say. So the grain elevator actually takes possession, you know, title's transferred, but, but the farmer says, well, I don't want to be paid until January, right? It's typically you've got to, about a 60-day rule that you got to work with for tax purposes. But in effect, I don't have to pay tax until next year because I'm on the cash basis. And the vast majority of our farming clients are on the cash basis. So if you don't receive the money, you know, in 2018 here, it's not, you know, you don't have to pay tax on it, even though you had kind of a right to receive it. So, so if you defer that payment until January, right, that's a way to, you know, defer paying tax, okay? So that's a very traditional way to do things. Now, here's the thing that, I want to make sure everyone understands because I, I positive we've not talked about this uh, before. I want to get more specific on how can I use this to my benefit. So what you actually can do, and, and you want to sell your grain, we'll, we'll get into this, but you want to sell it not in just one big lump sum because on a contract by contract basis, so if I've got 5,000 bushel increments you know, or 10,000 bushel, whatever it is, we can be talking, Casey, if you're, if you're a client of mine in, in February or March, and we can say, well, you know what? My income is too low, right? And so I can say, okay, well, what we can do is just elect. It's an election on a contract-by-contract basis to, to treat that income, that even though I received it in January of 2019, right? So normally I'm going to have to pay tax, you know, based on that. I can actually elect to have it recognized, you know, back into 2018. Okay, so you might say, well, why do I want to do that? Because, you know, I'm increasing my income. Well, it gives you flexibility. So what we try to do when we're doing tax planning is have our income be really kind of too low, right? You know, we do things to make it too low. Now, with depreciation, I can obviously change my income. But, but if my income's lower than I'm comfortable with, but I know I can sprinkle the income back in, right, later on, then I'm comfortable that, you know what, I'm going to get to the taxable income number that my goal is, you know, so I could be make, I could make a mistake in my taxable income and not, not have the right numbers. But with hindsight, right, I can, I can sprinkle that income from 2019 back into 18. Or if tax rates change, you know, there's tax law passed, something changes in my, you know, circumstance, it just gives me hindsight. So I think the big takeaway is for our cash basis farms, you know, Yes, you should obviously get your income, you know, figured out, you know, where, where is my income at? And you should say, well, what's my goal? What should my target income be? But don't stress out about it too much if you've got these deferred payment contracts, because we can kind of change our mind after year end. And still, you know, if I've got a target, I want my tax income to be 75000 or 125000 50000 you know, whatever that target is, I can pretty much assure I can get there if I've got enough deferred payment contracts. So it kind of takes some of the stress off tax planning, right? And it's kind of nice. So. Yeah, yeah having, that, having a plan does make a big difference. Yeah, you should have a plan and you should say, this is what this is where I want my income to be, but you know, the circumstances could change, right? And you know, now, now I, you know, I wanna 
because if I'm going to be retiring shortly and I've got a lot of income, a lot of grain that I'm carrying over, you know, farmers could have, you know, $500,000 million of grain that they haven't paid tax on. And if I know, well, I'm, I'm going to be retiring pretty soon, you know, at some point I've got to, you know, recognize that income. So maybe I say, well, you know what, I've got to recognize that income and, and here's the tax rate I'm going to pay on that income. You know, and, and you can be talking with your CPA and say, okay, what if I picked up an extra $25,000 income, you know, what tax would I pay? And, okay, that's that's not too bad, you know. And how would that compare if I sold it all next year, you know? So you can really do a, a very specific tax analysis. And with these lower tax rates, these wider brackets with tax reform, you really want to look at it because a lot of farmers would generally have used up the 15% bracket um, in most cases. And, you know, for sure, use up that 15% bracket and maybe you're sitting on 25% bracket, which means if I use farming averaging, which we've talked about in another podcast, if I can use farming income averaging and, and take some income that I earned this year and have it be taxed at tax rates in the past. And so if I'm if I'm sitting on that 25%, I know, okay, if I take that income, use farming income averaging, I'm going to pay tax at 25%. But with this tax reform, new rates, uh, wider brackets, lower rates, really 25% is kind of an expensive tax rate. Um, and again, you can talk to your, you know, CPA or tax preparer about this, but it's really a pretty expensive tax rate with today's rates. Now, last year I would have said, you know, hey, 25% is not a is not a bad rate, but today's today's day and age with the new 1998 deduction, really 25% is pretty expensive. So maybe I'm going to pick up incomes until I have until I'm being taxed at 25%, right? So. It just gives you a lot of flexibility, so don't stress out as much about it. Um, you know, make sure your books are accurate when you're talking to your CPA. But you know, we we got a couple other bites of the apple if we want it to change our mind and say, you know what, I'm going to pick up a little more income this year because you've got depreciation that you can adjust, right? I can take more depreciation or less. That's one lever. But the other lever is you know the, the deferred payment contract. So it gives you a lot of flexibility to to get to your target income. Um, and have a couple, you know, a couple bites at the apples. <clears throat> so, Glenn, this is a question I've had for a while, and I've, you kind of brought it up here today, and it kind of re popped in my head here. But uh, corn harvest is kind of rolling down. Things are kind of starting to wind down in certain areas. You know, we're we're just getting started out here. But yeah. like you said, a lot of guys are going to be retiring here pretty soon. Um, there's going to be a lot of land that pops up for either rent or for purchase and those kind of things. How do you consult with your um, clients when they say, you know what, I'm, I'm thinking about picking up this other quarter over here. Um, how do you start making that plan of how that's going to affect their tax situation or how that's going to affect their overall operating uh, uh, as far from the financial side of it? How do you start having those conversations and what does that look like? Yeah. Well, it's a good question. To you. <coughs> if we knew what, you know, it's just price and yield, right? So if right. we knew what our prices were, we knew what our yields were, it'd be, be a little simpler. But it's difficult. I mean, but but you just have to kind of pencil it out, um, you know, and see. You know, we a lot of times we'll use you know University of Illinois studies that give us some idea, you know, of cost breaker, if you know, just as a guideline. But um, so you, you try to pencil it out. But normally, you know, if you're picking up some acres, um, you know, you're able to spread out your your equipment cost right over more acres. So typically, you know, you want to really try to look at that um but i think part of it you know part of it too is just um you know logistics of your operation hey you know this this tract of land really makes sense and 
Um, you just got to be comfortable that, you know, the ultimate risk on a buying land is, you know, if land values go down, you know, um, if you're pretty sure land values aren't going to go down, which, you know, then, hey, is it, is it going to be a good investment, even if I'm not really making a whole lot of, you know, actual additional return or income on, on those acres? But it's, you know, it's, it's a piece that's, that makes sense. It's close to other land I have, right? There can be other non-financial reasons to purchase land. Um, certainly with interest rates, you know, they've started to been ticking up here long-term rates. It does make land hard to pay for. You know, if rates are a lot higher, you know, depending on what you're locking in. But you've got to run the numbers, but, but you know, there's also non-financial things to look at. And, and a lot of times we're just, we're just there to, you know, provide that different perspective with our clients, you know, and say, well, have you thought of this or, you know, but it's, it's still sometimes just kind of what's in your gut, you know, and whether, whether it makes sense or not. So it's. I don't know if that helps, but that's that's kind of always been my philosophy. Right, right on. All right, man. Well, I've got everything off my list. How about you? You got everything? You know, anything else you want to throw out there? I think that's it. Yeah, just you know, take take a little little time to get your books up to speed, but just know that you've got some flexibility, and don't again don't don't sell all your grain in one big contract because it you know if I only have one contract and it's worth you know two hundred thousand dollars, then I can either increase my income. You know, my two hundred thousand dollars—that's it. But I've got—if I've got multiple contracts smaller, then that gives me the flexibility that I need. So I think that's the big takeaway for today. So right on. You guys done? Done cutting? Yeah, we've been done for about a week and a week and a half. We were yeah. beans were a little late. We we got most of them. Then we we're out about two weeks with rain. But yeah, we're we're done and focused on next year. So right on. Yep. good deal. All right, buddy. Well. Bye, buddy. Glenn, if uh, guys want to uh, get a hold of you and, and maybe pick your brain a little bit or ask a question about their tax situation, how would they do that? Yeah, it's best to call our office here at Heinold Banworks. Uh, its phone number is uh, area code 309-694-4251. Or you can always look me up on Twitter at my handle's at Glenn Bernbaum. Right. And he always has good stuff out there on his Twitter page. I learn something every time I read it, so... Good stuff there. Well, Glenn, thanks a lot, buddy. Enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll talk to you next week. Okay, Casey, thanks. All right, thanks, Glenn. Moving higher in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving higher time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here.